0: She's
1: a small wonder I'd like you both to meet Vicky.
0: a child unlike other girls And That's a real kid right
1: no no it's a robot made of plastic
0: microchips
1: here and there My voice input child identicant I, I pronounce it Vicky. <laughs>
2: Happy Sunday, everybody! This is Angela Bowen, the host of She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. How's everyone's weekend been? Mine's been pretty good. I've been just hanging out at home. Well, yesterday I did get my oil changed and Jeremy and I went out to Lee's for lunch. It's kind of cool how it worked out that way. So I didn't have to sit at the dealership and wait for my oil to be changed. And because where I get it done, is where I bought my vehicle. And they do not just an oil change, but they do an inspection also. And apparently, since the sun was out yesterday, everybody and their cousins like, I'm going to get my oil changed and blah, blah. Like, oh, boy. (laughs) So Jeremy and I, I dropped the car off. He got me, picked me up, and we just ran errands. I went to, you know petco and we went to you know meyer got some stuff and then we went out to eat and it was so funny by the time we got into the car after we'd eaten i got a call on my phone like hey your car's ready like sweet we're like right there next to the dealership which was awesome but other than that just been kind of you know recording my podcast like chilling on the couch reading books what else do we do? Um I watched the documentary. I did post it on the um the Wonder Years Facebook page and the um the Instagram Wonder Years page as well about um the documentary or dogumentary, I believe, called Pick of the Litter, which is on if you guys have Hulu, check it out because This movie, I just want to, I'm going to read the description, but it's an amazing, amazing movie. I've seen it, actually when it was on Amazon, I think I paid like, I think it was like $3.99 or $4.99 for it. So it wasn't a lot, but now I wanted to watch it because I ended up buying it like on my phone. So on Amazon Prime, and I guess when you do that, you can only watch it on your phone via, you know, if you purchase it on the TV, you can watch it on the TV. So I was watching that on my phone, and then I saw that it was on Hulu. I'm like, okay, I want to watch this where Jeremy can occasionally, like, look up from his laptop and make comments and stuff, which, now he was pretty much immersed in his <laughs> in his laptop, and I'd every once in a while make uh, comments to him. Okay, so it says rent from three ninety nine on Prime Video, which isn't bad because I rented it. I didn't buy it. If you want to buy it, it's eleven ninety nine on uh, Prime Video. But this documentary came out in twenty eighteen. It's about it's less than an hour and a half, so it's about eighty one minutes. It's called Pick of the Litter, which follows a litter of puppies from the moment they're born and begin their quest to become guide dogs for the blind. The ultimate Canine career cameras follow these pups through a two-year odyssey as they train to become dogs who will ultimately be responsible or their ultimate responsibility is to protect their blind partners from harm. Along the way, the dogs meet a community of dedicated individuals who train them to do amazing, life-changing things in the service of their human. The stakes are high, and not every dog can make the cut. Only the best of the best, the pick of the litter. Actually, um, there's only five dogs that they focus on. They're all Labradors. We have three yellow labs and two black labs. And the way that they do it at this... Um, organization is all the puppies get a, a name that starts with a specific letter like it's all the same letter um, I believe P was the letter that they all started. um a female's name was Primrose let's see and another one which I thought was adorable a cute name Poppet I love that there was also um, Patriot there was Phil, and there was Patonic. And I believe... What was it? Um, Primrose, Phil, and... So, yeah. Phil, Primrose, and Poppet were all yellow labs. And then, of course, the two male dog. Well, Phil is a male dog. Um, the two black labs were... Uh, Potomac, uh, Potomac and Patriot. So, um, like they say, not every single dog is born to be a service dog. They kind of suss out these qualities in these dogs as they go through the training. And some of them, they use a, um, a term called career change, whereas you might not, the dog might not be necessarily. Because the organization is specifically for um, sight-impaired people, you know, blind people. And there are other organizations that these dogs can be given to, such as there's uh, Dogs for Diabetics, which I heard about. Um, There's a guy there that had uh, PTSD. He had been in the war and he just needed like a companion-type animal. So, and a lot of the, you know, all of these people that were picked to be puppy raisers, they have like a drawing or something. And then, you know, they bring the puppy out on stage. They have the person picked who's going to be the puppy raiser for the next 15 months of the dog's life before it goes on to somebody else. And some of the people that were picked, were people... There's a couple or maybe three that had been puppy raisers somewhere on their 5th, 7th, and 10th puppy. And then there are a there's a couple and then an, a, a senior in high school who had never done it before. And sometimes the puppies need a little more training, like maybe the first-timers. And it's nothing that they're not doing. It's like maybe they do, the dogs just need more experience with people, you know, uh, experience with um, people who have done it before. And I told you, you know, it's nothing on the people themselves. It might be the dog. They just need somebody different is all. So, yeah. Guys, I highly recommend it. It is an amazing movie. It really, it's an eye-opener. It gives you a bird's eye view or a fly on the wall experience of seeing how these puppies go from innocent puppies to puppy raisers going back to, they'll go through at least a couple different puppy raisers and trainers before they actually have to go through their full training and pass these five tests and then they will be placed with somebody who is blind. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about today's episode. It's season 1, episode 2 of Small Wonder. Let me get back here where I was. Here we go. The Neighbors. This episode has a 7.4 rating. It aired on <laughs> It aired on September 14th, 1985. Now, we met Harriet Brindle. She's a little redhead with a pigtail. She's annoying. She's in love with Jamie, professes her love, climbs up on a ladder or a tree outside his window every morning and watches him undress out of his pajamas. It's really gross. She was there bright and early. His alarm went off at 7 a.m. He was still in bed. She was already dressed in her overalls. And just staring into his large bedroom window. <laughs> so nosy neighbors, the Brindles. See, we get to meet. We get to meet Bonnie and Brandon Brindle, and they're just as nosy, if not to uh, the millionth degree, than Harriet is. <laughs> They invite themselves over for dinner due to a power outage at their house. Then why do the Lawsons have power then? Are they on a different grid from them? Naturally, Vicky tickles their curiosity, leading them to ask several questions that the Lawsons have no answers for. Ted, you really should have boned up on your answers for questions that people will be wanting to know. Can the, can the Lawsons keep Vicky from blowing the evening and her cover? That is the big question of the episode. We're gonna find out. This episode was directed by Peter Baldwin. Oh, oh my gosh, he did the Wonder Years. Um, he did. He, ooh, okay, I gotta check this out. I gotta check this out. All right, let's go. Zoom, zoom, zoom. He directed ten episodes of The Wonder Years. Guys, it's amazing. These podcast shows that I'm doing, they all have connections back to The Wonder Years or Punky Brewster. My first two podcasts. Okay, so he directed in season two, Armist White. Just between me and you and Kirk and and, and Carla and Paul and whoever. He directed season three, Odd Man Out. She, My Friend and I, Coco and Sympathy. So definitely Paul-centered episodes there. In season four, he directed the Thanksgiving episode, The Ties That Bind. In season five, Double Double Date and The Wedding. So the season five finale. All right. And season six, he directed White Lies and Ladies and Gentlemen, The Rolling Stones. Good for him. What else did he do? Blossom. Okay, he did some episodes of that. Sister Sister. Grace Under Fire. What else? Anything, anything, anything. Even Stevens. I never watched that show. All right. Let's see. So <laughs> Peter Baldwin. Oh, he passed away in 2017. Oh, but he was 86. He lived a good long life. Let's see. Writers Ed Juris, Jurist. J-U-R-I-S-T. And, of course, Howard leads the creator. Oh, this guy, Ed Gerst, passed away in 93, but he directed, um, wrote for Gimme a Break, Small Wonder, Different Strokes, One Day at a Time, The Love Boat. Aw, there's a guy with a picture of a dog. Something called Dot from 1906. Tabitha, so isn't that the daughter of Samantha and Darren? Was it? Was it Darren? Chico and the Man. Bewitched. This guy wrote a lot of stuff. When did he... Oh, 1916. Wow. And, of course, Howard Leeds. Um, I did listen to the audio commentary from the pilot episode. It had um, Dick Christie, who plays Ted Lawson. It had Marla or Martha? Let me... I think it's Marla. Let me get back. I should... uh, Eventually, Marla... Pennington, who actually had been married twice. She had met uh, her first husband when she was on the first season when uh, the pilot episode um, she had been talking about being married to her first husband, who Dick Christie says was like a big big guy. Jerry Seprian. Cep- I gotta learn how to pronounce his last name. Um, He was on there. And Howard Leeds, who at the time, I the first season on DVD came out in 2010. So he was, I don't know when they did the commentary. Maybe it was earlier that year. And he passed away when he he was 97. He passed away, I think, in 2017. And just, you could tell, this, this guy just, I didn't know if he was completely lucid, like he was all there or not, because he seemed like... Either he, he'd be kind of repeating, like, the same things that, um, Dick Christie and Marla Pennington were talking about, and bringing up same things that they had already covered, and it's just, like, I left on the other commentaries, there's only a, a, a few more on season one, nothing, no special features on the season two DVD, which kind of blows, but, um... He's not on any of the other commentaries, which I'm, I'm, I'm as sad as it is to say, I'm kind of happy about that. Um, they didn't get Tiffany Brissett for any of the audio commentaries, or Emily Shulman, who plays Harriet. They did, however, get Edie McClurg, and then one boy who will be in an episode called, is it the suitor? Uh, yeah, Jamie's classmate, mate Warren. Who is played by Daryl Bartley? He's going to be on that particular commentary. But it was just kind of funny how um, some of the comments that they were making, one of them, which was when uh, Dick Christie, uh, you know, Ted and uh, Joan were in bed. He had made a joke about how, hey, I wasn't wearing any pajama bottoms. <laughs> and, they, you know, they had a laugh about that. Um, Jerry Suprien, who plays Jamie, had mentioned how he really liked the gizmo pajamas that he wore. I think he said he even got a pair for his son, so that's kind of cool. Um, the pantsuit that Joan wears in the opening credits, she says that actually was her pantsuit that she wore, so that was pretty cool. All right, Um. before I jump into the episode fully, I just want to remind you, if you're new listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to follow along with the podcast, you can go to She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast on Facebook, the page, and follow along so you'll find out about upcoming episodes. You can also subscribe to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean under the Looking Back on My Wonder Years, A Wonder Years podcast to follow along with the podcast episodes. And if you'd like to shoot me an email about any of the shows that I cover, um, whether it's The Wonder Years, Small Wonder, Mr. Belvedere, Growing Pains, you can email me at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. I did make a mention in the Growing Pains episode that I will no longer be covering the Silver Spoons podcast on the Wonder Years podcast feed on SoundCloud. It will remain on the Punky Power podcast SoundCloud page, so if you'd like to hop on over there and subscribe, if you want to keep listening to the Silver Spoons podcast, you can go there, subscribe, and keep up to date as I'm going through seasons two through five. So... All right, guys, I kept you long enough. Let's meet the rest of the Brindle family and see how the Lawsons are adjusting to having Vicky in their home. So according to the air dates, Vicky's been in their home for a week. Well, (laughs) maybe it's been a little longer. We'll see how much time has actually progressed between the pilot episode and the second episode. So we come out. Of the theme song, and we're in the living room. We have Ted working on Vicky. He's got the panel opened up on her back. And Jamie is holding what looks like what's being connected, connecting Vicky to the computer over there by the wall. And... um Ted is, like, um, needle nose. And Jamie, of course, doesn't know. He's like, I thought you meant I had a needle nose. Because Ted eventually, you know, he clarifies the players. I need the players. He's like, And Jamie's like, oh, I thought you were calling me needle nose. Or saying I had a needle nose. <coughs> oh, Jamie's holding the players in his hand. All right. <coughs> Ted, I think you need to uh, explain to your son about the, uh... The tools and stuff and their proper names. <laughs> so while Ted is making his adjustments, Joan comes into the living room, and is like, oh what's going on, Ted? And she's like, what's wrong? And he looks at her like, oh, um, I think it, it's her voice. And then he starts this tech mumbo jumbo stuff that that's gonna go right over her and Jamie's head like we have no idea what that is but okay I mean you're you're the uh the robot expert here so whatever you say I'm sure you're right so of course we get Jones catchphrase <laughs> she's just bewildered like oh that makes sense like yeah honey great you're the robot man you do what you do I'll just nod like everything's great <laughs> So, Ted goes over to the computer on the wall, and he has Vicky unplug the cord from herself, and then he has Vicky repeat. All right, Vicky, repeat after me. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. And Vicky, it's like a really high-pitched Elvin and the Chutmunks. Testing, one, two, three. So, I'm going to play this clip. Because he's trying to figure out something's up with her voice, which in the pilot episode I thought she had issues when she hit that wall, but then Jamie kind of slapped her on the back and her voice just went back to normal. But maybe it just needs a, a bit more of an adjustment.
1: <laughs> needle nose. What? <laughs> pliers.
3: Needle nose pliers. Oh, I thought you said I had a needle nose. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's her voice. But I think the problem is an intermodular distortion of the secondary harmonics in the half wave rectifier, which controls her speech synthesizer unit.
0: That makes sense.
1: Okay, unplug Vicky. Turn around, Vicky. Okay, repeat after me. (laughs) Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two,
4: three. (laughs) (coughs)
1: I will never get this robot perfected. Of
0: course you will. Don't be so hard on yourself. (coughs) You've invented something that's absolutely fantastic.
3: Yeah, Dad, if Vicky was any more human, we'd need another bathroom.
1: You know, the thing that intrigues me most is if a robot is raised as a real child... (coughs) Will it eventually be able to program itself to act like a real child? I mean, even have emotions.
0: Oh, kid, it would be fabulous. Well, who knows? Maybe one day families will adopt robots instead of having children.
1: Come on, honey, don't take all the fun out of marriage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys laughing at? (laughs) If you don't already know, it's too soon to tell you.
2: So, then... (laughs) Jamie, buddy, you took the words right out of my mouth. when I said, like, She sounds like Elvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> and Jamie's like, Dad, you made her sound like a chipmunk. So, having heard that, Ted plugs the cord back into Vicky, thus, you know, connecting her back to the computer simulator thing. And he's frustrated. He's like, I'm never gonna get this robot to work. As then he only sees Vicky as a robot. He does not see her as a human being because she's not she's a robot he she is his creation (laughs) and I love Joan here being the supportive wife like honey you created something amazing you are great you're gonna figure it out I mean look at that you created a robotic child (laughs) and she's kind of sitting on the arm of the couch and kind of she's got her arms around Jamie like I like what they did here with Jamie's hair. In the pilot episode, it was kind of almost poofed outward, like, late 70s kind of look. And it looks like they kind of trimmed off the flyaway hair, and they kind of parted it, like, on the side, like, combed it down, and they kind of swooshed it over to the side, where his bangs are kind of... Yeah, it, it looks really good. I like Jamie's comment about, Yeah, Dad, you know, if Vicky was any more human, she, uh... We need another bathroom, so they probably only have one bathroom there. I love the bathroom jokes. Those are clearly for the children. As we hear this one little lone child Ah, laugh, it's cute. Of course, we don't just get a kid joke, we also get one for the adults. As Joan makes a comment about, Honey, who knows? You could create something where everyone will have a robotic child and not a human child. Like this will take the challenge out of having kids. And of course Ted makes a sexual joke like, oh honey, please don't take all the fun out of it. And Jamie being a ten-year-old that goes over his head, like, what what are you two laughing about? And I love Joan's responses, like, oh honey, you know. If you're asking this question, you're too young to know the the actual answer to. So that, of course, was the adult jokes there. I love the little innuendos, which I <laughs> probably would have maybe went over my head. I mean, this came out in 85. I would have been three, so I don't think... I, I wasn't watching Small Wonder in its first original run. I would have been catching it in, like, syndication. and Because it lasted... I think it went from... 85, 85, 86, 87, 88. Like, it wasn't 85 to 89. But I would have caught that. and said, I remember specifically when I lived at my aunt and uncle's house. So this would have been 89 to 90. I would have been watching it then. So by then it would have been in syndication and it would have been, you know, playing the reruns and stuff. So this kid, Jamie... Me being, like, seven, eight years old, this kid Jamie, by that time, and in the first and later seasons, he would have been at least a few years older than me. So all these kids would have been like, oh, these are older kids I'm watching. So the one thing before we get out of this scene I want to explore here is I like Ted's theorizing as he's like, if we raise a robot, child robot, If I raise it like a child, will it eventually, will it program itself to think and feel and have emotions like a child? And this leads Joan to have the idea of like, oh yeah, maybe these robot kids could benefit for people who either don't want to go through all the pains of childbirth or maybe having difficulty conceiving we can give you know create these robot children for them all right so now in the next scene we're moving to the kitchen where Harriet is front and center we have this large picturesque window right where um the sink is and both Joan and Ted have their backs turned so they're not Seeing Harriet there, but then Jamie comes and you think he would be able to see her. Like Harriet, hey, what are you do-? again with the window thing? This is her shtick. This is her deal. This is her whole character is being a snoop, a nosy, nosy snoop. And her mother will learn in this episode is no different. Yep. Uh, what is what is? Hold on. What is she doing? Okay. Oh. Um. So Joan is working with a coffee maker, we got Ted, who's got his face buried in the fridge with the door open, and she, Joan is like, oh, just a little bit of a drip here, and we're all set with the coffee, she's just waiting for it to finish percolating, and we, like I said, we got this big, large kitchen window, like, larger than any kitchen window really needs to be, it's like, right above where the sink is. And that's when Jamie comes in. He's like, "Oh, speaking of drips, because that's what he he called um her in the pilot, Harry in the pilot episode. Like, she's such a dip, or she's such a drip." And because <laughs> we get a clear zoom in shot of Harry just hanging out, like, "Ugh, go away, little girl. This girl's got no friends. Her obsession is Jamie." Her life at home must be so boring because I'm going to hang out. I mean, she's not the Kimmy Gibbler type. And she's not the Steve Urkel type because she's not barging into their house. She's just content to hang out at their window and just observe this family (coughs) who's way more interesting to her than her own. Not to mention, the one thing she and Jamie have in common, other than their age, is the fact that they're both from a two-parent household and they're both only children. I mean, if you don't count Vicky, which we really, she's a robot. <laughs> and the way that Jamie's like, speaking of drips, as he's gritting his teeth, like, oh, this girl, I already had to deal with her as a, I was getting dressed this morning. Her fucking face was right in my damn window as I was pulling my shirt off. Ay. So I was, at first I was wondering, like, why is that little step stool there by the sink? It's there so that way the actor can hop up onto the kitchen the sink counter and apparently you can open that those uh those uh that window there. So I'm gonna play this clip. I love how he calls her peeping Harriet, like peeping Harriet is at it again. Yeah. Speaking of
3: drinks <laughs> our neighbor Peeping Harriet?
1: Right. You know, we have to be very careful. If Harriet's father found out about Vicki, I could have a real problem.
0: Do you think that Mr. Brindle would really give you trouble at the office?
1: Does Elizabeth Taylor know the wedding march? <laughs> Honey, if Brindle, if Brindle knew about Vicky, he'd not only tell our boss, he'd probably try to steal the wafer-scale integration system I invented that makes her work.
3: I got a way to stop
0: Harriet from snooping, but Mom won't let me try it.
4: He wants to booby-trap
1: the driveway between our houses. Jamie. I liked it. It's not bad. Just watch out for our new car.
2: So as Jamie, I thought he was gonna, I thought that window was gonna open up or something. He's gonna shout at it, shout in her face or something. But no, there's, um, Venetian blinds that he just pulls down and it kind of disrupts her view. And the thing is that's funny is the whole time that Harriet is staring into the window. I gotta say, her little outfit, the little blue, and then she's got, like, this, um, like, robin's egg blue and black checkered flannel underneath it, and she's got matching blue ribbons in her hair. It's kind of cute. But what I want to say is this girl's expression is just completely blank. She, it does not change at all. She does not bat an eye as we zoom in on her face. And then Jamie jumps up there and he just, there goes the, the, the the blinds. That's taken. They should have those down all the time. Like, especially if Vicky is in there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, right before he, um, gets the, the, venetian blinds to go down she has her hand up like she's going to wave like hello at him (laughs) so as joan is scolding jamie like jamie come on son let's not be rude here and ted is like you know honey he does have a point we really need to be keeping these shades down because think about it if she tells her father which in a way in the pilot episode she does kind of blackmail Ted in a way, like, oh, well, I could tell my dad about, and, and Ted's like, well, what do you, what are you gonna tell him? And she just looks at him like, wouldn't you like to know? It's like, ugh. But he, he's what, Ted and Harriet's father, Brandon Brindle, both work at the same robotics company, which, pff, what are the odds of that? And, you know, I, I don't know. So Joan, of course, is like, "Do you really think that Brandon Brindle will give you trouble at the office?" And I love Ted's comment is like, "Does Elizabeth Taylor know the wedding march?" As in Elizabeth Taylor, who's probably been married multiple times. Probably, I don't know if she's been married as many times as Erica Kane from All My Children, who was probably married at least eleven times on that show. So Ted is like, "Well, if he, if Brindle knew he." refers to Brandon as Brindle. If Brindle knew about Vicky, he could tell our boss, and the fact that he could steal this, it's called a wafer scale, which Ted, that's how he created Vicky, how he designed her and everything like that. Like, that's all that Brandon would need to create his own version of Vicky, which we get Harriet from behind the door... Saying, Jamie, I have something to show you. And Jamie's like, I'm not interested, Harriet. Whatever you got to show me, I don't care. And Jamie goes to open the door after Joan kind of is like, honey, son, don't be rude. Go answer the door. He opens the door and we get this white and black. um, Like, it's kind of a boxy, like, robot It's not square, but it's more like a, but before, before he opens the door, he, Jamie mentions how he's got a foolproof plan to keep Harriet from coming around their house. But unfortunately, Joan won't let him apply the methods here of this booby trap. And (laughs) Ted's like, yes, son, I don't think that's a good idea. Just, uh, well, you know what, on second thought, if you're going to do this, just watch out for the new car. Oh, Joan says he uh, Jamie wants to booby trap the driveway between the, the their two houses. Well, I don't know about something as serious as that, but there's got to be another way to keep that girl away. The door and sees this robot that's about the same height as him standing there. And he's like, Oh wow, Harriet, you've changed. You look a lot better. <laughs> and Harriet's like, Yeah, this is my new robot that my dad created. Here, let me like punch some buttons on this TV remote to activate it. And this thing only seems to say one thing, one line, three times My name is Rodney. Nice to meet you. Like, over and over and over. And Harriet's so, like, jazzed, like, oh my gosh, this thing is so amazing. He walks, talks, acts just like a real person. And Jamie's like, wow, does it shut up like a real person? So Harriet just walks right into the kitchen, like, here, let me show you what he can do. Like, I don't care. I'm not impressed. So she commands Rodney to go over to the kitchen table and take the cream which this thing does not have fingers it has like little pinchers for fingers so of course the thing he does is he knocks the cup of cream onto the floor needless to say Joan and Jamie they they don't they're not impressed and Joan is like, oh, yes, does Rodney know how to uh, scrub floors like a person, too? And this robot, the time that when she said that, he kept turning his head to look at her, like, is he checking her out or something? <coughs> and Harriet is like, oh, Jamie, I bet you wish you had a robot like this. Like, no, oh, I got Vicky. She's a thousand times better than this piece of shit your dad put together. Oh, oh, ooh. Jamie is infuriated. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got a robot that, boom. Joan is over, like, Jamie, no, no, shut up. The idea is they're trying to keep Vicky on the DL. That's the whole point. And you're going to blow their cover, Jamie. No need for Vicky to do it because you almost let the cat out of the bag.
3: Jamie I mean I've seen a robot That can do practically anything a real kid can do Except get
4: pimples (laughs) Jamie your
3: father needs you in the living room Hop to it Will I see you later Jamie? Yeah when I get home from college (laughs) I like him he's got funk I may even marry him someday Yes Well couldn't tell him just yet. Mrs. Lawson, you don't know happen at my house today. No, what happened? The so, like, electricity went out, and we don't have any heat or cooking or anything. Oh, that's awful. My father was digging up a tree stump, and he dug bar electricity like instead.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Joan kind of put, like, Jamie's son, she puts her hands on his shoulders, kind of pushing him towards the living room. Son, your dad needs you to help him right this second. Please go and do that before you mess things up for us. Um, Of course, Harriet's like, oh, Jamie, will I see you later? When will I see you again? And he's like, yeah, hopefully, like, when I return from college. And then, of course, Harriet lets it be known that she plans to marry Jamie, One day, and I noticed that this girl, not only with her red hair, what's you know, um, compliments red hair is also, or with red hair, like freckles and stuff like that, she's got. A face full of freckles. But it seems like they did put a bit of that pancake-type actor makeup on her face to kind of cover them. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. But um, Joan... (laughs) Harriet professes her undying devotion to Jamie and her plans to wed him one day. Joan's like, "Ah, (laughs) yeah, I thought she was like, I wouldn't count on it. But she's like, I wouldn't tell him just yet. So Harriet mentions how her family is out of power, and of course that makes me think of everyone else that is out of power right now. We actually didn't have power on Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. We haven't had any losses yet, but we do. I think there's another ice storm that's going to be hitting us this week, and I really hope we don't lose power again. Um, but my family is the whole that whole area of Uh, Western Michigan is without power right now. I just, I talked to my dad last night, and it's not good. Like, they're trying to keep a generator going and everything like that, and... But, um... The reason that the Brindles are out of power, because I, at first, I'm like, their power's out. When I read the synopsis, like, if their power's out, then how is the Lawson's power not out? Because they're right next to them. Well, apparently... Harriet's father, Brandon Brindle, was digging up a stump, and apparently he dug up uh, the electricity wiring and stuff that was underground, which led them not to have power. And now we meet Harriet's mother, Bonnie, who's bringing over milk or eggnog or some stuff from the fridge and freezer that she probably wants to keep cold. Like, hey, do you guys mind if I put this stuff in your fridge and freezer?
4: Hello there. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> oh, you must call me Bonnie. Bonnie. It means
3: pretty in Scottish. <laughs> Come on, Rodney.
0: My name is Rodney. please to meet you. My name is Rodney. please to meet you. My name is Rodney. please to meet you. My name is to meet you oh, stupid robot. Oh, did you hear about our electricity? Not a single light in the house. Terrible Do you mind if I put this milk and butter in your fridge? Thanks. Help yourself. And you just try and get an electrician to come out and miss his football. Ooh, lots of leftovers. Things not going well for your husband? No, he's doing very well, thank you. And they're not leftovers. We call them rebuns. Oh,
4: that's cute. <laughs> oh.
2: So my guess is Because Bonnie, of course, says, call me Bonnie, so I'm guessing that she and Joan have never officially been introduced, because she didn't know, like, oh, call me Bonnie, that means beautiful in Scottish, uh, yeah, I bet it does. (laughs) And she's like, oh, do you mind if I put my butter and my milk in your fridge? And she doesn't even wait. For Joan to reply she just starts heading right over opening the refrigerator door like she owns the place and putting her stuff right in there and she pulls out this glass dish that's got some uh, saran wrap over the top she's like oh you got a lot of food in here what is this this is oh is your husband having trouble at work is that why you're stockpiling your food and Joan takes the dish from her, puts it right back in there, like, oh, are these leftovers? And Joan's like, no, they're not leftovers, and we don't call them that. They're called reruns, which is interesting. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I I think that's cute. Of course, this Bonnie, I don't – I already don't like her. The fact that she's coming in, not waiting for an invitation, very much like Harriet, who just – walked right into their kitchen, like, here, let me show you my robot. It only says, my name is Rodney, nice to meet you. Like, yeah, I'm already not impressed with this robot. It's got what looks like jumper cables for, uh, grabbers for, for hands, and, um, just, just Bonnie just, she's rude. She just comments, like, takes over and doesn't wait for an invitation, and, it's just like, oh, is there something wrong with your husband at work? Is he having trouble? And Joan is like, no, no. It's, it's like, this lady is abrasive and overbearing. Like, get the hell out. Take your milk. Take your butter. Get out of my house. I'm not helping you. Especially if you're going to talk to me that way. And the only thing I agree with what Bonnie says is calling Rodney a stupid robot because he is. Brandon, if you were any bit of a genius as Ted is, you would have given it more voice commands or at least not have to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Like, Vicky can say more than that, but they haven't met her yet. Like, when you meet her, although they can't say Vicky's a robot, they gotta, you know, pass her off as another child. Or a cousin or something. <laughs> so Bonnie is like wringing her hands together all stressed. Like, oh, we don't have any heat or electricity or water. So I can't take baths or showers. And then she's like, oh, is that the smell of burnt coffee that he smells? Like, ooh, it smells good. Like, she's just inviting herself to just have whatever's in there. I- I'm surprised she hasn't invited her family to stay over to their house while... And she says the electrician, you can't pull him away because it's a football game. It's like, then don't go with someone who just is an electrician, like, out of their house or something like that. Go with a, a legitimate company. I'm sure there are, what are they called, like, journeymen or something like that? No? Electricians? Ugh. Like, uh, there's more, there's got to be more than one, electri- I don't know where they live, but there's got to be more than one out there, like a reputable, call Consumers Energy, have them come out and take care of it. <laughs> Granted, they'll probably charge you because this was your husband's doing, and not, and this guy works at a robotics factory, and he was digging up a stump, and he hit some electrical wires. Ugh. Why didn't he have a stump removal company? Those people exist. Don't try to pull that stump out yourself. So Bonnie's like, oh, I sure miss my morning coffee. And June, of course, is being the polite neighbor. She's like, oh, would you like? I can get you a cup. And of course, Bonnie says her catchphrase, which is no, 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 no. She says that, like, repeatedly. I don't want to impose. It's like, you kind of already did by, like, Barging your way into their house and putting your food in their fridge without actually asking them if it was okay. But she does say, like, hey, I would love some hot water for uh, Mr. Brendel's coffee. And Joan offers, like, oh, I'll get someone run it over to you. And Bonnie just takes control of Joan's kitchen. Like, that is her woman's space. She doesn't need you, like, taking over her kitchen, Bonnie. And the whole time that. Bonnie is at the sink filling up um, the tea kettle to boil some water. Like, my, that coffee does smell good, even though she's like, oh, my husband will have to have instant. It's like, do you want this coffee? I'll gladly pour it into a cup for you to take to your husband. It's like, she keeps going on about the coffee, and Joan is probably about ready to slam that woman's head into the counter. She's just being so, is it, is condescending the word that I'm thinking of? I don't know. <clears throat> over not not over maybe overbearing a little <clears throat> you know the kind of people like oh I really miss by such and such and then you offer to get that for them. like oh I don't want to be a bother it's like well then why did you bring it up you clearly want that and I will gladly give that to you but now you say you don't want to impose what you are actually imposing <clears throat> Joan finally just grabs the pot of coffee. He's like, here, take this coffee to your husband. And Joan's like, er, Bonnie is like, no, no, I couldn't impose. As Joan goes to put it back and then Bonnie just rips it out of it. I'm like, oh, well, so if you insist. Like, that was what she was trying to say the whole time. We've been going back and forth on this for, like, two whole minutes too long. Two minutes longer than it really needed to be going on. <laughs> but they really want you to get to know that Bonnie Brindle is very, very ins- ins- insufferable. Just, she, And that's going to be her character pretty much for the first two seasons. We really don't, I don't think we're going to see her very much for seasons three and four. She kind of, she was on the Hogan family at that time. So she's kind of ducking in and out, maybe making some guest appearances, but Brandon's sister, I think, eventually, who's almost a carbon copy of Bonnie, will make those appearances. <clears throat> Ugh, Bonnie, go home! You got the damn coffee! Leave! You can keep the fucking, like... Pot, I don't care. But no, now she's, like, wandering over towards the door leading from the kitchen to the living room. Like, oh, Harriet was telling me about your husband's little project, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you need to go. You got the coffee. You don't need to stick around. Oh, she's mentioning about, um, how Harriet said that, um, a little girl was staying with with the Lawsons. Like, it's, uh, their niece. Like, ugh. So Joan decides to kind of stick with that story. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, yep. So I'm going to play this little clip as Bonnie's bringing up what Harriet's saying about this little girl. like Oh, she's uh, your niece, right? Uh, Jamie's cousin. She says that this girl is strange, kind of not nice. And Joan is like, oh, well, no, she's just, you know, shy. She comes from a farm. Please, Joan, don't knock confirm people. I know you're trying to come up with something on the fly here, but <laughs> they got to come up with a cover story for this kid.
4: Uh, by the way, um,
0: Harriet was telling me about this little girl that's staying with you. Now, she's your niece, is she? <coughs> Vicky? Yes, that's right. Ah. Well, Harriet says she's kind of strange, not very friendly. <coughs> oh, no. Uh, she's just very shy. Brought up on the farm oh really yes Uh, you should see how friendly she is with cows can
4: somebody
1: give me a hand with this stuff
0: hi brandon let me
1: well i finally found an electrician
0: oh buddy brandon
1: no he won't come he's home waiting for a plumber so i thought i'd better get the rest of this stuff over before it spoils
0: you know i'm not sure there's room in the refrigerator for all of this.
1: don't you worry your pretty little head yeah we'll
2: Now we officially meet Brandon as he's got a cardboard box filled with pretty much all the stuff the Brindles had in their fridge, from eggs to celery to what have you. And he's saying, like, we got an electrician. Unfortunately, that guy's waiting for a plumber. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Gracious. And Joan, who's holding the cardboard box, is like, I don't think we got room in our fridge for all your stuff. And Bonnie takes it apart herself, like, oh, don't worry, we'll make room. I'm like, excuse me? Excuse me. This is my house, my kitchen, my fridge. You don't go over there and start pulling stuff out to make room for your own. And Jonah's is just trying to be a nice, polite neighbor, but it's like, they're walking all over you, but Joan knows that. It's like, what else can she do other than put her damn foot down and say, you both need to leave. I'm sorry I'm being rude, but seriously, you've overstayed. You're welcome. Goodbye. There are other neighbors in that neighborhood. Go to them, unless they did and the door was shut in their faces. <laughs> this is just, it's going to be, like, a thing throughout the series that Bonnie, Harriet, and Brandon are always going to be the intrusive neighbors—always curious, always nosy. Ugh. You know, Jeremy and I don't even know any of our neighbors. I mean, I grew up in the country, and you know, we made it a point, I guess, to know the neighbors. But here, it's like, no, no, we don't—we don't need to know our neighbors, do we? <laughs> I mean, we're not rude or shy. I mean, like, the people next to us, we've said hi to them in in the past and everything, but now there's a new family that lives there, um, an older couple, but, um, yeah. It's just, we'll say hi to people, but, I mean, we won't necessarily go out of our way to knock on their door and like, hey, how you doing? We live right next door, remember us? <laughs> like, n- no, we, we keep to ourselves. Which, there's nothing wrong with keeping to yourself. So, when Brandon brings over... Um, he's helping Bonnie put the, all that stuff that he brought over in a cardboard box into the fridge. He's like, oh, well, Bonnie, you've been over here so long, I assume you're invited for breakfast. And the camera cuts to Joan's reaction, which is utter, like, fuck, I'm not inviting her or you or any of your family members over for breakfast or any meal. Like, don't no." She's taking stuff out of the fridge! What the hell, Bonnie? Yeah, shes ta- they're taking stuff out of the fridge that they feel doesn't need to be refrigerated, which is bullshit. Apparently, he Brandon thinks that you can keep pickles in the cupboard. Ugh. Ted, please do something. <coughs> so that's when Ted comes through the door, and he does not know that the brindles are in his kitchen, as he's telling Joan, hey, I got Vicky's voice fixed. Like, ah, oh, shit. So I'm gonna play this clip as Ted is bringing Vicky into the kitchen, and Bonnie and Brandon, excuse me, are introduced to Vicky. Well,
1: I finally got Vicky's voice fixed, and I didn't know we had company. <laughs> Hi there.
0: Hi. Oh, so this is Vicky. What's the matter
3: with her voice?
1: <laughs> well, she's uh, got a little uh, laryngitis. Uh, 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 Jamie, uh, take Vicky to her room so she can gargle.
3: Sure,
1: Dad. Wait. Well, we'd love to be there. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Uh, uh, Vicky, say hello to <coughs> Mr. and Mrs. Brindle.
3: Hello to Mr. and Mrs. Brindle. Harriet's <coughs> right. She does talk funny.
0: Oh, it's the local dialect of her area.
1: Oh. What area? The mountains.
0: But you said she was brought up on a farm. Oh, right. Uh, the farm's on the side of a mountain.
2: So Ted tries to get Jamie to take Vicky up to her room and gargle because his reason that her voice is weird is because she has laryngitis. And Brandon is kind of like, oh, well, wait, I kind of want to, you know, meet this young little girl. And they're like, okay. uh," And Ted's like, well, Vicky, as he points to Mr. and Mrs. Brindle, and Vicky's like, hello, Mr. and Mrs. as she puts her her pointer finger up like Mr. and Mrs. Brindle. <laughs> and Bonnie immediately turns to Brandon and her husband and says, You know, Harry was right. She is a strange little girl. I'm like, how rude. And uh, the Lawsons kind of play it off like, oh, that's just Vicky's dialect because Uh, Ted said she was raised in the mountains or something and then Bonnie kind of was like well wait a minute but Joan said that she was raised on a farm and so they kind of quickly fix everything oh well she was raised on a farm by a mountain simple enough of course Brandon wants to know well who's her parent like how is she related to you And both Ted and Jonah point at each other like, oh, brother, sister, like, oh, guys, you should have gotten your story straight. Someone was going to ask. And both Bonnie and Brandon look at them like, what? They're just like weirded out by it. Like, what in the heck? You don't know? Whose
4: little girl is she?
2: (laughs)
1: twins and it gets so confusing. (laughs) Uh, Jamie, take Vicky to her room, please.
2: host Jamie. Jamie, please take Vicky up to Gargle. And Vicky, of course, is like, I don't know Gargle. That's not in my memory bank. And she says, I know Google or something. Of course, nowadays, I think Google, I think, okay, yeah, it's an internet search engine, but Google didn't exist in 1985. So she says that Google is file- Followed by a number, like, followed by a bunch of zeros or something like that. Okay. (laughs) Jamie's like, stop showing off, Vicky, as he pulls her, like, let's go. So Brandon kind of holds the door open to, that divides the kitchen and the living room, and he's just kind of watching this girl in utter confusion and semi-interest. So Brandon just kind of looks on like, oh, strange child. And then he turns to... Bonnie's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, dear. I guess it's cold pizza for us. Or no, he says we can only, always send out for pizza. Which, fine, send out for pizza. Please don't, don't invite yourselves to the Lawsons for dinner. <clears throat> so Bonnie, it's like she's trying to make the Lawsons feel guilty because they have electricity. But like, oh, can I borrow some candles? We can always heat the pizza with it. You know what you could also do? Go to a pizza place, and sit down and eat in their establishment. I'm sure that they have a table and chairs for you to sit down and eat said pizza. Stop making the Lawsons feel guilty. But then again, this is Brandon and Bonnie. Where is Harriet? Is she home by herself? <laughs> Her parents are over at the Lawsons. Where's Harriet? So Ted, of course, has been working with Vicky the whole time, so he doesn't know that the Brindles electricity is out until Joan kind of clues him into it. And then Bonnie takes it upon herself like, oh, no, 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 I know what you're thinking. And he's, and she kind of grabs Ted's arm like, "Oh, uh, what was I thinking? She's like, oh, you were thinking of inviting us to dinner. No, Bonnie, you're thinking of inviting yourselves to dinner. Ugh. I'm sorry, guys, I'm not always going to be like this with that. Well, I hope not, because I know that would get annoying. But uh, they infuriate me, and we've just met them.
0: <laughs> Mother, I'm
1: afraid it's a cold supper for us tonight.
0: Oh, we can always send out for pizza.
1: <laughs> My favorite dinner, pizza in the dark.
0: Oh, uh, if I could borrow a couple of candles, if it isn't too much trouble. Well, of course you can. We can always heat the pizza with <laughs> What's going on? Uh, their electricity's electricity's <laughs> out? Oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're thinking, and I won't hear of it.
1: What was I thinking?
0: You were thinking of inviting us to dinner. No, Brandon and I have imposed far too much.
1: Absolutely, even though I love prime rib.
0: Prime rib?
1: I saw it in the refrigerator.
0: Oh, that's actually, that's for tomorrow night. Oh, well, we couldn't come two nights in a row. On
1: we will come tonight, but
0: that's it. What time? Well, we usually eat at 6.30. Well, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Oh, you, you want to use any of our food? Go right ahead. You can always pay us back. Oh, we can still use these. <laughs> Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye.
2: So while Brandon was lurking in their refrigerator while putting their garbage in it and taking the Lawson's food out, like the pickles he Presumably thinks you can just pop into the cupboard and they'll be fine. I don't like pickles. But anyway, he's like, oh, I saw a prime rib in there, you know? And I I mean, and, and June is like, well, that's our dinner for tomorrow night. And then he's like, well, I mean, we couldn't stay two nights. It's like, you're not staying at all. No, they invite themselves. Bonnie, of course, takes the, um, the coffee. And, of course, Brandon takes the candles that the Lawson's offered them. So Brandon's like, hey, uh, uh what time do you want us here? Sick and Joan is really reluctant, like, six thirty. Like just go. <laughs> So the Brindles leave, and Joan, of course, this whole thing was like a whirlwind to her. Like, she was just watching them go around her kitchen and, like, inviting themselves to dinner. She's like, how did we get ourselves into this? And she's like, do you have any suggestions, dear? Ted just kind of looks down at her like, well, you know, we could always move before 630. Oh well, yeah, that is a, that's a thought. They got Vicky here setting the table. They've already put her to work, oh, of course, I'm sorry that's not Vicky's job. That's Jamie's job who's he's busy sitting in a chair, flipping through a comic book as little Vicky is setting all the place where. great. well, what's the use of having a robot if you can't put it to work, I guess. I'm gonna play this clip as he's having her set out the silverware. He tells her to speed it up because she starts going. We get to see a little bit of special effect as they move her around the table.
3: Fork on left, knife and spoon on right. Yes, Mom? Are you setting the table? The brindles are gonna be here any minute. It's under control, Mom. (laughs) Will you speed it up? Speed it up.
2: So Vicki said, um, what is it? It's, uh, forks on the left and then knives and spoons on the right, which you you probably already know this, but it's, I like how left has four letters, so does fork, knife and spoon have five letters, like right. (laughs) Wild. So his parents quickly, (laughs) they come through the doorway and Jamie quickly shoves that table chair that he's sitting in underneath the table as Ted kind of ruffles Jamie's hair like, oh, thanks for helping your mom, bud. Apparently Jamie used the wrong silverware. What did he use? The good china? I, I maybe it's uh they want to use the crappy silverware for the brindles like oh don't use the good kind of silverware that we always use use the stuff that still got caked on bits of food from like last week's dinner and so Jamie's like oh I gotta do this again hence no he doesn't <clears throat> and he's got no choice but to do it himself because his parents are now in the kitchen of course Vicky uh blows his cover as she repeats do it over, and she takes all the silverware off the table. And Joan, of course, is at the stove, and she's watching this, so I bet she's gonna catch Jamie. Yep! She looks at him, she's like, you had Vicky set the table? Like, So, yeah, Jamie gets in trouble. Like, you had her do your job. You took advantage of a little girl. See, Joan still sees Vicky is a little girl, but Ted still has to remind her, like, "Honey, you're thinking of her as a human child. She is a robot." He's probably glad that Jamie had her do that just to test her skills. Hey, thanks for helping
1: your mom, Jamie. <clears throat> Anytime, Dad. No sweat. <laughs> oh,
0: unfortunately, honey, you used the wrong silverware. I'm afraid
3: you'll have to do it over again. Do it over. <laughs> do it over. <laughs> You
0: had Vicky set the table. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is that I asked you to do it. You shouldn't take advantage of a little girl.
1: Tony, honey, you've got to stop thinking of her as a real child. She's an android, a voice input child identicon, huh? Vicky, put the silverware down. <laughs> I meant on the table. <laughs>
3: now you tell me. Jamie, help her pick it up. Okay,
0: Mom. Ted, I'm sorry about tonight. But I just couldn't think of a way of saying no to the brindles coming to dinner. Short of insulting them.
1: Honey, honey, there's no way you can insult them. His skin's too thick and she doesn't stop gabbing long enough to be insulted. <laughs> all
3: picked up, Mom.
1: Thanks, honey.
2: So Ted tells... Vicky to drop the silverware, oh well, to put it down. She drops it on the floor. And he's like, No, Vicky, I meant on the table. And she actually, I don't know how, but she cops an attitude. She's like, now you tell me. <laughs> so it sounds like, or, uh, jones like, Jamie, can you please just help her pick up that stuff off the floor? Or they put it back on the table. Put it in the sink. That stuff's been on that floor. So John even apologizes to Ted, like, I'm sorry about the Brindles coming to dinner. I just, I didn't know how to not have them come over without insulting them. And Brandon even, Brandon, Ted even tells her, it's like, honey, Brandon's skin is too thick and Bonnie can't shut her damn mouth uh, long enough to be insulted. Okay, um, I'm getting the feeling, why do I get the feeling that that could be repeated by Vicky, like, later on? I just, I get this feeling. I don't know, it might not, but we haven't heard her repeat things that other people have said yet. But you never know that <coughs> something's gonna ruin a evening. It's gonna be... Vicky's saying stuff at the wrong, wrong things at the wrong time. Whoa, Oh, I am playing this clip. Vicky is getting angry. As Ted tells Jamie, put Vicky in her cabinet. And Vicky's like, put Vicky in her cabinet. Put Vicky in her cabinet. That's all you say. That's all you ever say. Well, not with inflection, but it's just she's, she's angry. Like, whoa, she's got an attitude.
1: Okay, Jamie, put Vicky in her cabinet.
3: Put Vicky in her cabinet. Put Vicky in her cabinet. That's what you always say. <laughs>
1: Look, no back talk from a robot. You're non union, huh?
4: <laughs>
1: Go to your cabinet.
3: Come on, before he puts you over his knee and whacks your software. <laughs>
2: just kind of looked at her rolling his eyes like, hey, no back talk. You're non-union. No back talk from a robot. And Jamie takes her through the kitchen into the living room and says, hey, you might not want to keep that up or dad just may take you over his knee and sm- uh, smack your software or something like that. Like, oh, great. A funny child abuse joke. Joan's coming through after them with a letter of hors d'oeuvres. I love how Ted mocks them behind the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Ted opens the door. We got Rodney the robot. We got Bonnie and Brandon and Harriet. Now, Ted hasn't even met Rodney yet, so I can I bet any he's not gonna be impressed by oh wow that's all your robot knows how to say huh you gotta program some other lines in him so Ted notices Rodney and says like oh looks like we got another uh, guest for dinner happily one that doesn't eat and of course Brandon makes a joke like well to make up for it we'll take a doggy bag <laughs> and they have a good old laugh and then. Bonnie makes a joke about, oh, he's so funny, he's just like Bill Cosby. Like, I wouldn't say that nowadays, but... Uh. <laughs> oh, Bonnie calls him a card and says, oh, it's just like living with Bill Cosby. Like, <laughs> That joke does not age well as of today. So, Harriet, of course, has the obvious question, like, oh, where's Vicky? I want to show her Rodney. And Ted tells her, well, I'm sorry, Vicky's laryngitis was flaring up, so we put her to bed for the night. So Bonnie wants to know, how long is Vicky staying with you? And of course, Ted and Joan can't come to an agreement on something, as Joan says, a couple weeks, a few weeks. Ted says, a few months. And it's like, uh, guys, get your story straight, please. Oh, but Joan says she has to hurry back because she's got to be there in time for the harvest. Great. So, um... Ted's like, hey, hey, I haven't. He, he quickly changes the subject. Like, hey, I haven't offered you guys any food yet or any, any hors d'oeuvres. Because Brandon and, and Bonnie are like, what? What? Back to the farm? What are you talking about? Like, they said you came from a farm when you were there earlier. Did you forget? Harriet, what is wrong with you? You don't start pulling open doors. Like, oh my gosh, daddy, look at all of this computer stuff in the closet. What in the world is wrong with you, girl? <laughs> okay, when I was a kid going to someone's house, I didn't start opening their closet doors or random doors, like, looking at. I didn't go into their medicine cabinet and, like, look at all the medications I had either. So, Ted, or Brandon's all like, wow, Ted, look at all the stuff you have. Are you working on a secret project? or Are you stealing from the office as he laughs Right in Ted's face, like, what a jerk! So, Ted quickly goes to shut the door. She's like, oh no, just some cheap stuff that I picked up to just mess around with. Nothing too important. Joan is all like, oh, sometimes Ted just loves to tinker with things, you know? Sometimes we do it together. And Bonnie looks at her like, oh, well, not me and Brandon. Like, yeah, I'm sure you had sex at one time to create your demon child. And never again. So Jamie comes back down and Harry's like, "Oh, hi, Jamie." He's like, hey, Ted of course is like, "Hey, uh, Jamie, is Vicky okay?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, Dad, she's she's fine." Harry, of course, wants to zip upstairs like, "Hey, can I say hey to her upstairs?" And Joan right away cuts in like, "Oh, sweetie, I don't, we don't want you to catch her germs." And Harriet's like, oh, would you mind if I or I could just put a handkerchief over my face? Would that be okay? <laughs> Good one, Jamie! He's like, oh, it might help your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harriet didn't have a comeback for that. So Brandon comes around the couch, pats Harriet on the head, goes to sit down on the couch next to Bonnie. And he's like, oh, honey, show them how your robot works. And Jamie's like, well, she showed us already this morning. It's like, we, we don't, we weren't impressed then. We don't want to see it this time. My dad could give a rat's ass what your robot does. It's not impressive. I would have turned to Ted like, dad, don't worry about it. It's not impressive. You, you won't like it at all. Brandon's clearly an amateur at putting together a robot that says one thing. So she tells Rodney to pick it up. I'm thinking, pick what up? That jar of peanuts on the edge of the coffee table? And hopefully not the coffee table? And the whole time she's playing with this robot, Brandon isn't like, oh, honey, let me demonstrate because I built it. This looks like, uh, yeah, cashews that were put in a jar that recently had, like, pickles in it. (coughs) So you see his little... Snapper, excuse for a hand, take the lid off of the cashews. (laughs) He's going to knock those over the floor. I know. I just know he's going to. Oh, he took the lid off. Oh, my God. Bonnie, Brandon, and Harriet are so, it's like, they're so impressed. Like, this is the greatest thing they've ever witnessed in their life. Like, it's a miracle. (laughs) They're all nodding like, yay! Do you see this? Like, <laughs> I could see Ted, Joan, and Jamie rolling their eyes heavily to the ceiling. I am playing Jamie's reaction like, big deal! It's got a magnet in his hand. Oh, Harriet doesn't like that. Oh, she's not happy with that burn.
3: at the gas station. Just ask for the key.
1: <laughs> Jamie, would you show her where it is, please?
4: <laughs>
2: and Jamie's right! <laughs> this thing's got a magnet on its little coal hand! When Harriet originally said it, Rodney, pick it up, I assumed she was talking about that jar of cashews. No. She was referring to take the lid that's sitting ajar on top of the cashews, and yeah, it's just got a little magnet. Like, wow. And, and the Brindles are just so impressed, and Oops. hit my hand on my desk. Oh. <laughs> Jamie's just a big deal! Who fucking... This is stupid! What? Because it's got a magnet? Wow! Oh my god. Like... They make it look like they cured cancer or something. That it's that impressive that 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 robot did that. Uh And (laughs) Harriet, I thought, was going to reply with some coy remark to him. but He's like, oh, can I use your bathroom? She is up to something. Don't leave her alone. But I love Jamie's response to that. Like, oh, yeah, it's down the street at the gas station. Just ask for the key. And I love how Ted is sitting on the arm of the couch. Excuse me. And he <laughs> barely stifles a laugh at that. Like, <laughs> so we follow uh, Jamie and Harriet down the hall to the bathroom. Jamie opens the door like, oh, here's the bathroom right here. Harriet is no longer interested in going to the bathroom. She's like, oh, is that where Vicky sleeps? Like, "Uh, yeah, I thought you need to go to the damn bathroom. And she just turns to Jamie like, well, like, Excuse me? And he's like, well, what? She's like, well, I'm going to the bathroom. He's like, well, don't you think you should wait inside before you piss all over the floor? It's like, then why aren't you in the bathroom? Once you close the door, I'll leave. But I'm not leaving until you get your butt in the bathroom. So here he's like, I'd like a little privacy. And he's like, excuse me, I live here. And she's like, I don't need company in the bathroom. He's like, this is my house. Like, girl, get your ass in the fucking bathroom if you gotta go. Like, cause you, I don't need anyone waiting on the other side of the door. Like, believe me, he's not gonna be listening to you take a shit. I can tell you that right now. He doesn't want to be anywhere near you. (laughs) She ends up going right into his room. What the hell, you little bitch? And you hear Jamie from outside like, hey, what are you doing? I'm gonna play this clip as he calls her out on her shit like that was a trick you didn't have to go to the bathroom she's like well i changed my mind oh throw her out that window please <laughs> hey! that was a trick you didn't have to go to the bathroom
3: so i changed my mind you should have changed it for a better
4: one
3: where's vicky she's not here i can see Well, if she's not here, she must be somewhere
4: else.
3: Are you trying to hide something? Yeah, me from you. Let's go. Is this where Vicky keeps her clothes? Yes. Let's go. I want to see them. No! (gasps) Vicky! What's she doing in there? Uh, we were playing hide-and-seek, and I guess I forgot to tell her the game was over. Right, Vicky? Right, Vicky. You better get in bed
2: Better get in bed So we get another look at Jamie's room And I notice there's a toy there That's like something for toddlers You've all probably played with it At one time or another When you were like maybe three You know the thing where you like Pull the handle down And the little thing in the middle moves around And it says cow says moo Horse says neigh Go, uh, chicken says, uh, walks, walks. Um, anyway, anyway, you get my point. I'm like, what is? I don't know. But anyway, Harriet is looking around. She's being in a little nosy, busybody. She's like, oh, is this where Vicky sleeps? Where is she? Well, James, goes, well, she's clearly not here. Let's go. And then she goes over to the cabinet and like, oh, is this where Vicky's clothes are? And Jamie's like, yeah, come on, let's go. As he's, like, nudging, like, towards the door, let's go, let's go. And Harriet wastes no time opening the cabinet, seeing Vicky, like, oh, my gosh, what is she doing in there? And luckily, Jamie's quick on his feet as he's like, oh, well, uh, she was, we were playing hide and seek. And I guess I forgot to tell her that the game was over. And he tells Vicky to go to bed. And Vicky starts turning down the covers as Jamie drags Harriet out of there. So Jamie's like, hey, let's go to the living room and play with your robot. They shut the door. Vicky, of course, is sitting up in bed, uh, repeating what Jamie just said. Let's go into the living room and play with your robot. She pulls back the covers. And, yeah, she's going to be making an appearance shortly. (coughs) Apparently, Brandon and... Are they playing with this stupid Rodney robot? So Harriet wastes no time blabbing to her parents that Vicky. Oh, she doesn't look very sick to me. That's when Ted gets up, looks at Jamie's like, "How did she see Vicky?" And Jamie's honest, like, "Well, she tricked me. Ran into my bedroom." And yeah, it's just what I was like. Okay, you guys, you all need to get out of my house. cuz I can't see Ted being polite to them at all. Joan of course is because she's a nice person. Not that Ted isn't, but he's not going to take their bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh Harry it's like, "Oh, well they also keep Vicky in a cabinet with the door closed." What is Ted going to say to this? (laughs) Ted just sits down, turns to Joan and says, oh, well, that's so, he laughs about, like, oh, that's so easy to explain, isn't it, Joan? Is like, honey, you need to come up with something. Jamie, why don't you just say, hey, we were playing hide and seek, and I forgot that she was hiding in the closet. As we see Vicky come out and say, go to the living room and play with your robot so joan's like oh she seems to be feeling better and then bonnie's like oh great you can eat with this vicky and vicky's like i don't eat of course brandon and bonnie get a disturbed look on their face like what do you mean you don't eat mm-hmm. my guess says she's gonna say i'm not programmed to eat they oh they look at ted and joan who don't know what to say like crap <laughs> So Joan covers, like, oh, yeah, well, she means she doesn't eat when she's not feeling well. Ted gets up immediately, like, all right, Vicky, come on, let's go take your temperature in the kitchen. And, of course, Harriet calls Vicky back, like, oh, no, wait a minute, Vicky, let's play with Rodney here. So she has Rodney go over and shake Vicky's hand. So Rodney touches Vicki's hand, and she's moving her arm up, and, of course, remember, Rodney's got a magnet on his hand, so what exactly could that be doing to Vicky's circuitry? As she's moving her arm, twisting it around and around and around in a clockwise formation there. And, of course, Bonnie thinks it's a temp- child having a temper tantrum. Like, wait, are you stupid or what? Wow, you think you got an answer for everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't, like, let's, I honestly, if I had to choose between who I dislike more, Bonnie would get that award over Harriet in a heartbeat. Brandon's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? And even Harriet's mouth is, like, on the floor in shock. And Bonnie's one's like, oh, don't you recognize it? It's a tantrum. Oh, that's what Harriet does when she wants something. Really? I love, well, Joan is turning to Ted, like, Ted, do something. Of course, Jamie jumps right in and like, oh, don't you get it? It's a new dance. I can do it too. As he's twisting his arm around. like, good. This boy thinks I'm his feet. Good for you, buddy. So Ted gets up and he immediately he tells Joan, like, Joan, it's the magnet in Rodney. He's turning her on, which, of course, that could be an innuendo with that. Like, no, he's like, oh, turning her on. Like, not like that. <laughs> so Ted jumps up and yanks Vicky's hand away from Rodney, and immediately she stops what she's doing. So, Ted picks her up and gets ready to take her like, back to her room. Of course, Joan is like, oh, she's sicker than we thought we should call a doctor. And Ted's like, oh, honey, remember what we said? And of course, this is when Vicky is going to say what she overheard Ted say about the Brindles. Oh, I knew that knew was gonna come back to bite them in the butt. Oh, she, she just repeats. There's no way you can insult the Brendels. Well, at least uh, she didn't add the other parts of what he had said. <laughs> yeah, they really should have like, like you guys, you need to go home, okay? She's sick. We gotta cancel this dinner. Bye. Oh, she repeats the rest of the Um, Vicki. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Remember what I said? You said
3: there's no way you can insult. The
4: brindles
3: (laughs) His skin's too thick And she doesn't stop gabbing Long enough to be insulted That's what you said, Lawson? I can't believe my ears It's not quite like it sounds Oh, let's go,
1: Brandon Right after dinner
0: No, now!
3: (laughs) My name is Rodney.
4: Pleased to meet you. My name is Rodney. Pleased to meet you.
1: My no, name is no, don't shut up, you stupid robot. Uh, listen, we're, we're really sorry. I
4: have never been so insulted in my life. But I think you have, Brandon. no,
2: no. no, no. So, yeah, she also repeats that Brandon has a thick skin and... Bonnie won't stop gabbing long enough to be insulted. Of course, the Brindles are like, you taught her to say that? And and Jonah's like, oh, well, no, not that those words exactly. Of course, luckily, the Brindles get the heck out of it. They get out of it. Like, oh, I've never been more insulted! Like, what? Just go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they bring stupid Rodney, who Brandon calls a stupid robot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Rodney will be uh, dismantled later that evening. Oh, we get an applause from the audience like, yes, the Brindles needed that. So Ted's like, hey, thanks to Vicky, we shouldn't have to worry about the Brindles snooping around here anymore. And, of course, Jamie's like, yeah, Vicky, you're terrific, thanks to that Stu- next to that stupid Rodney, <laughs> of course Vicky's like Rodney is cute. He turns me on. Like whoa, and even Jamie kind of like oh wow, like he knows what that means. And even Joan and Ted are like whoa, look what came out of her mouth as she picks up the little serving tray with the uh, little snack bitlets there and offers it to them. As Joan and Ted each take like a um a tooth pick with like either a a piece of turkey or cheese or something (laughs) oh and then she also gives one to jamie so that is the end of the episode everybody i hope you enjoyed it so i'm gonna give this episode a three out of five the three things that i really enjoy i liked like some of the comebacks that vicky was uh, snapping back with with I like put Vicky in her closet, put Vicky in her closet. That's all you ever ask of me, or that's all what you always say. I liked that she was coming back with these little retorts. Um, I liked when she insulted the Brindles by repeating what Ted had said earlier, because he did say she has a tape recorder, so she can you know you know. Record conversations and stuff like that And I just knew when she said like that Is coming back it's I just got A feeling that it's coming back I also I gotta say I really like that Jamie was Able to come to the defense like quick On his feet with things like Oh, um, the reason Vicky's in there, this cabinet here is because with the door closed is because we were playing hide and seek. Or like, oh, Vicky's doing that. It's like this new dance. He, he's like coming up with things to try to cover up what's going on. Like he's, you know, when his parents can't think of something, Jamie comes up with something. Of course, the two things I didn't like, Brandon and Bonnie Brindle. I the things I did not like were the fact that. They just invite themselves over for dinner, and they immediately just, oh, well, here, let's start taking stuff out of your fridge so we can put our food in your your fridge. It's like, they don't even wait to be asked, or even bother to ask. They just automatically figure, oh, it'll be okay. They won't say no. They're our neighbors. And Harriet, of course, I did this last time, but this time really irritated me. They just like, oh, I don't need an audience when I go to the bathroom. Will you give me privacy? And then she races into Jamie's room. It's like, you didn't have to go to the bathroom. And She's like, I changed my mind. No, you did not. She's a little trickster. Ugh. Um, as far as what I want to learn from this episode, um, don't invite yourselves over to people's houses for dinner. Don't... Uh... <laughs> Uh, don't just assume like, oh, my power's out. Can I use your fridge? You ask. You ask. People might say yes, but they could say no. If they say no, respect it and move on. Don't just force yourself upon another person. I mean, it's one thing to be courteous, but it's another thing to let yourself be taken advantage of. So, yeah. All right. Let's say hey to some podcast listeners, and then I'll be talking about the next episode. We have Pakistan, Everett Washington, San Juan Puerto Rico, Poon, India, Manitowoc Wisconsin. I'm sorry if I butchered these cities. The names of the, I'm sorry if I butchered the names of these cities. We have Atlanta Georgia, Boydton, Virginia, St. Petersburg, Florida, Barcelona, Spain, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Pierre, Wisconsin, Prestonburg, Kentucky, Summerfield, North Carolina, McDaniel, Maryland, San Jose, California, Newburyport, Massachusetts, Baltimore, Maryland, Eatontown, New Jersey, Los Angeles, California, Newark, Ohio, Centerville, Maryland, Austin, Texas, B-H-U-T-A-N, Middlesburg, Middlesboro, I'm sorry, United Kingdom, Waltham, Massachusetts, Crawfords, Indiana, we have Brazil, Middletown, New Jersey, San Nicolas, De Los Garza, Mexico, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oregon City, Oregon, La Cruz, New Mexico, Big Bear City, California, Puerto Rico, Escondido, Mexico, Ottawa, Canada, Lakeville, Minnesota, Middleboro, or Middleburg, New York. We got Edmonton, Canada, Cairo, Egypt, Boise, Idaho, Brazil, Indiana, Patterson, New Jersey. Dumbarton, United Kingdom, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Piscataway, New Jersey, Brookline, Massachusetts, Kingston, Jamaica, Oakland, California, Everett, Washington, Boise, Idaho, Myanmar, M Y A N M A R, Centerville, Maryland, Peoria, Arizona, Brighton, United Kingdom, Eatontown, New Jersey, Royal Oak, Michigan, and Boyton, Virginia. All right, let's talk about the next episode I'm going to be covering. Let me get to it here. Season 1, Episode 3, entitled The Sitter, which aired on September 21st, 1985. In need of a sitter for son Jamie... Ted and Joan decide to give Vicky the job for the evening, but can Jamie be trusted to not take advantage of a useful robot? And is Vicky ready to be a sitter? Okay. All right, I'm going to read another review. This one was November sixteenth, 2000. One of the best sitcoms ever. Even though I was only in elementary school, I still remember watching Small Wonder every day, watching each of the 96 episodes several times. The premise is so fantastic. How can a robot that's virtually identical to a 10-year-old girl fit into a family and society? This show had such a wide audience in its four years of existence, ranging from young kids to grandparents. It appealed to everyone. What you did? This is honestly a timeless. This is a collect. Everyone remembers the show. They remember the sassy robot. All right, everybody. Well, I will see you with the next episode. Now, I'm still, um, I'm thinking about still doing it every week. We'll see. It might be every two weeks. Like, I'll do two episodes on and uh, two weeks off where I can focus on, you know, other shows and stuff like that. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how, um as far as the plays that I get and everything, I just, that's one reason why the Silver Spoons podcast isn't on the Wonder Years feed anymore. It wasn't getting, it wasn't generating a whole lot of plays. So I kind of like, kind of yanked it like, okay, let's just keep Small Wonder Growing Pains on for the time being. And then also, occasionally, you know, Mr. Belvedere. And then also, I'd like to do some movies as well. So, sprinkled throughout the year. So, I did put a post on Instagram on the LBOM Wonder Years Podcast Instagram page of the movies that I'm hoping to be able to get to cover this year. Aside from Beethoven and Beethoven Second, I will also be... Looking at Free Willy, Free Willy 2 of the Adventure Home, Lassie from 1994, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, Homeward Bound 2 Lost in San Francisco, Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog, The Cure, and The War. These movies are all from my childhood, and they all hold a special place in my heart. I can't wait to share my viewing experience and memories of them on the podcast. So... As I did with the Christmas movies and the Fred Savage movies and stuff like that. I just really look forward to being able to also do some movies that I really, really love. So, that being said, everyone have a wonderful and safe week. And be, you know, wary of the weather. I mean, we'll get springs eventually, but for now we just got to deal with this winter stuff. Bye-bye.